0: Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message.
1: All right, good morning. Good to see everyone. Pull it away. Now we're centered. It's good to be in church. Um, I want to mention that... um, uh reiterate reiterate something that was mentioned in the announcements, and that is that we are going to have our spiritual gifts class um, coming up here. Um, that's going to be the 8th and the 15th of November, Sunday, um, the 8th and 15th, and it's going to be at 2.30 uh, p.m. So you can go from church, go get some lunch, and come back here uh, for our spiritual gifts class. Um, and on that, uh, with that, I'm going to be talking about spiritual gifts today in my sermon, All right, Um, the goal of my sermon pretty much is to get you to come to that class, okay? So I'm not going to be getting into the very specific details of spiritual gifts, but I'm going to whet your appetite and um, get you excited about it. Um, The gifts of the Holy Spirit are amazing. I want to talk about why they are for us today and how God desires that each of us You and I walk in those spiritual gifts. I am better off if you are walking in your spiritual giftings. You are better off if I am walking in my spiritual giftings. And you are better off if the person sitting across the room from you knows what God has called them to and is walking in the gifts that God has called them to. All right? God in his wisdom has set it up this way. He set it up in such a way that we are the body of Christ. I need you. You need me. You need the person sitting across the room from you. And so we are a church, City Light Church, we are a church that passionately believes in and encourages and wants to cultivate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all right? We want to see you walk in your full giftings. Uh, When Jesus was on this earth, Jesus, I guess to my knowledge, he, he walked in probably almost every spiritual gift that there was, Right? Jesus manifested the kingdom everywhere he went. Now, he's distributed those gifts to each of us according to his will. But Jesus demonstrated the kingdom of God everywhere he went. The church, the body of Christ, I believe, should not just be talking about the kingdom, but be demonstrating the kingdom of God here on earth. Jesus is the hope of the world, but the body of Christ should be the hope in the world. Because we are now the hands and the feet of Jesus, and we have his Holy Spirit, okay? You, if you are a believer in this room, you are a representative of his kingdom. You are a representative of the kingdom of heaven, all right? Um, Jesus demonstrated the kingdom everywhere he went. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus has asked this question. Um, they asked him the question, hey, what's the sign of the end times and, and of the end of the age? And Jesus starts talking about the signs of the end times. He says, A few things. He says, You're going to be hated. You're going to be persecuted. There's going to be false prophets and teachers. Wickedness will increase. The love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And he said this Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. I want you to notice he doesn't say, The gospel of the doctrine of salvation will be preached in all the world. He says, The gospel of the kingdom which is a much broader and more beautiful subject, all right? Look at this verse in the, in the Passion Translation. It says this, Yet through it all, yet through it all, yet through the, the hatred, the persecution, false prophets, all this stuff, in, uh, wickedness increasing, yet through all that, all the stuff, how many have been going through stuff, right? <laughs> yet through all the stuff, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. Okay, a demonstration of the reality of God, not just talk, a demonstration of the power. And after this, the end of the age will arrive. I believe that the church at the end of the age should be and can be walking in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 20, Paul's talking to believers, okay? He's talking to believers. He says this, For the kingdom realm of God comes with power, not simply impressive words. The kingdom of of God comes with power, not just impressive words. I want that to be my life. Do you guys want that to be your life? I don't want to just have smooth and, and cunning words. I want to be walking in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Um... I don't know about you guys, but you know, uh, I, I watch some sports. I like boxing and wrestling and MMA. I'm not really into lots of team sports, but one thing I don't like is I don't like trash talkers. <laughs> I don't like pe- I like respectful, you know, you know, um, sportsmanship. I don't like trash talkers. I don't like showboaters. I like I like respectful, respectful athletes. But how many know? that the kingdom isn't just talk, the kingdom is demonstration. And I love it, I love if you go to YouTube and type in like, um, you know, trash talkers getting, getting owned or trash talkers being exposed. I love those kind of videos where, you know, they're showboating and then they get knocked out or something like that. I love those kind of videos. And I have one such video that I want to show you today. So go ahead and roll that video. Hey, what's
0: your name, bro? <laughs> You're a famous YouTuber, right? I hope they ain't coming to Arizona and think they're doing something, because they're not. This is 83rd and Bethany. They need to go back home with this little shit. Come on, man. One-on-one right now. What you say? I didn't come here. See, exactly. Hey, the famous YouTuber is quiet, guys. It's quiet. Me and him, we finna go one-on-one. I'm finna smack him. Easy. You know, what I'm saying? you know, he got your boy out here, you know what I'm saying? Hooping him up, because you can't hoop. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I got it. You know what I'm saying? Check me out. I'm telling you. Yeah, but you want to do it? You want to do it? Y'all, hey, y'all play two-on-one. I'm cold. <laughs> look, look, me on Google. look me up. Look me up. Look me up. Look me up. I'm good, bro. I'm telling you, it's the bro. Like, I've been telling him a whole one-on-one, but he been running. How much money you got? i put 150 right now. Where is it at? Come Somebody on. Play let's play it. Get, it. He, he on. get it. Oh, yeah, he's put a hoop. Woo. Uh, all, right, all right, who's going to bet down? I think he can hold his own. He ain't talking too much, he humble. That's I think he's gonna hold his arm.
1: This man the real deal. Right, now when you get
0: done riding, put your man pants on, like I was saying.
1: talkers getting owned I love those videos the kingdom of God isn't just talk it's power amen I want my walk to have substance I want to I want to lead a church of people who have substance amen power of the Holy Spirit all right so let's talk about spiritual gifts it's not by might nor by strength but by my spirit says the Lord um, today I want to highlight uh, a few scriptures that people use to say that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today and that they passed um, with the apostolic age. Um, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, the Apostle Paul talks extensively about the gifts. Of the Holy Spirit, and we're not going to go through each gift today of the, of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, there's nine gifts listed in First uh, Corinthians 12, 13, 14, but there are more gifts of the Holy Spirit than are even listed there. But Paul specifically goes into those. You'll learn more about those in our class that's coming up. It's going to be good. But in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul stresses the importance of walking in love when flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In fact, um, 1 Corinthians 12, it ends, he's saying, and now let me show you a more excellent way. It ends with him saying, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 ends with that, and then he goes and he talks about love, why love is so important. He didn't say, let me show you another way. He said, let me show you how to do the gifts the best way, which is in love, okay? First Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, it says this. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clang cymbal. So I'm annoying. Dong, dong, dong. Like that phone. <laughs> Silence your phones, people. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor... And give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but have not love. I gain nothing. Okay? Now, we're gonna read verses four through seven, which a lot of people take verses four through seven, they put them on refrigerator magnets, wall decor, and they post them and whatever. Um, But what I want you to see is that 1 Corinthians uh, 13, four through seven, the context is spiritual gifts. Okay, A lot of times we pull this out of context, which is fine. It still flies that way. But the context is when you're flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, this is what you should be like. Okay, So it's in the context of the gifts of the Spirit. He says this, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres love never fails okay that is a picture of what it should be like when we're flowing in the gifts of the holy spirit when we're ministering in the gifts of the holy spirit it is paramount that we're patient it's paramount that we're kind some people use gifts the gift of prophecy to like you know really come down hard on people be kind to people when you're flowing the gifts of the spirit it's important that we don't envy someone else's gift Right? Because the Holy Spirit's distributed to each of us as He wills. It's important that I don't envy the gift you have, or you, you envy mine, right? It's important not to boast in the gift of the Spirit that God has given you. Okay, these are grace gifts. He gives them supernaturally. Okay. When ministering in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we never want to dishonor others. We never want to seek recognition or self-promotion. We want to serve others with these gifts. If God reveals a a secret sin in someone's life, he's not doing it so you can shout it from the rooftops for that person. He's doing it so that you can rejoice that he's going to bring truth. He's bringing truth, right? When we're flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, we always want to protect people. Love covers. Love always hopes, okay? So when we're flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, it is to build people up, not to tear them down, never to uncover and never to expose people. Um, let me give you a few examples. Let's get kind of practical here. For example, if you see in the spirit like a snake wrapped around someone's head, you don't necessarily need to tell them that. You might, you might, you might approach it like this. You know what? God put this on my heart. I believe he wants to bring you a new level of freedom in your thinking. You know, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you for that? Do you feel like there's something like holding you down or oppressing you? You, know? you don't necessarily have to give them the, the way you got the revelation but the, the application can be different. I'll give you an actual example from my own life. Um, <clears throat> one time I, uh, I had a dream about a friend of mine, and uh, in my dream, his house is on fire. the dream, my friend's house is on fire. And I knew in my dream that his house wasn't literally gonna catch on fire, it wasn't fire. I knew that it meant that there was strife in his home, that he and his wife were fighting. And so... I call him up, and I say, hey, God, put it on my heart to call you. How you doing? How's your marriage? How are things going? I never told him about the dream. And, of course, he, he comes out and tells me, like, yeah, we've really been fighting, and things have been really hard. And, of course, ministered to him and prayed for him. And um, you don't necessarily, what I'm saying is you don't necessarily have to give the revelation, or you, and you certainly don't want to expose that person to other people. If God's giving you a secret of someone's heart, As a church, we want people to come in here and feel like they can trust us. We will love them. We will cover them and bring truth to them. Amen? So um, love never fails. We want to minister these gifts, learn how to flow in them, walk in them in love. Paul clearly sees that there's potential for pride. There's potential for envy. There's potential for self-seeking. And there's potential for exposing people when flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Um, a few years ago, we we gave our daughter a, a pocket knife. Here's a pocket knife. Be careful with it. Don't cut yourself. Right? Cut away from your body. This is like the gifts of the Spirit. We have to train people on how to flow in the gifts. Of the spirit. Don't. And so, what did she do? She cut herself. Okay. Now, what did we do? We didn't take that pocket knife from her and say, "You're never getting a pocket knife again in your life." We said, okay, now listen, you have to be careful with this. You have to cut away from your body, right? So when we're teaching and talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, yes, they can hurt people. Yes, you can can do things. And yes, people have abused the gifts in the past. That's not a reason to take the gifts away and to never use them, right? We want to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'll give you another example of this. On 9-11, 19 hijackers flew the planes into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon. Do we now say, like, let's not do planes anymore? No, that was a misuse of planes. We still use planes, of course, okay? The gifts of the Spirit are amazing. They're beautiful, wonderful in them. But we have to learn how to walk in them, and we have to learn how to grow in them. Amen? Okay, so now we get to verse 8. Verses 8 through 10, um, some people will use these verses to try to explain that the gifts of the Spirit are no longer for today. Um, It's sensationalism. So sensationalism... we'll go and put the cessationism on the screens, um, is the belief that spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues, prophecy, and healing ceased with the early apostles, okay? I believe that this um, interpretation of the Bible is extremely harmful because it it minimizes the effectiveness of the body of Christ. And it's also boring. (laughs) Okay? Let me ask you a question. If the gifts of the Spirit are for today, who do you think the number one proponent of trying to push an agenda saying that they've ended, who do you think think that would be? Satan would want us to believe that the gifts have ceased if they haven't. Why? Because we're going to be more effective for everything in our lives and, and, and ministering to people, right? Okay? So, I want to be effective. Satan doesn't want you to be effective. Okay, so... But we have to make sure we're walking in love. Okay, so we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Paul says this. He says, But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Okay, so he's talking about um, a prophetic gift, the gift of speaking in tongues, and the gift of the word word of knowledge. And he's saying it will pass away. Verse 9, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, that which is in part disappears. Okay, so he's saying there is a time coming when the gifts of the Spirit will end. Okay, when, when will that be? Okay, this is how the uh, cessationist reads that verse. First Corinthians thirteen eight through 10. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know it in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the New Testament is completed... What is in part disappears. Okay, that's what the sensationist believes. Okay, we no longer need the gifts of the Spirit because now we have the New Testament. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Do we need the Holy Spirit, right? I don't believe that this is true. Number one, I've seen way too many miracles to believe that it's true. How many have witnessed, seen God do miracles in your life? You know, a few years back before my wife and I were married, how many of you remember um, Pastor Dave Duell? Many of you know this, this man. My wife had, this is before we were dating, had a terrible ulcer in her stomach. And how long was that bothering you for? Years. Years? Yeah, years. She was, she was plagued with this ulcer in her stomach. She went to one of uh, Pastor Dave Duell's meetings, he prayed for her, and immediately she was healed. Immediately, God healed her, and he's like, you can go, you can go eat spicy food, do whatever you want, and she could do whatever she wanted. She could eat spicy foods after that. Immediately, she was healed. Um, I've, it doesn't always happen that way, but I've prayed for people, and immediately, there's breakthrough. Immediately, there's healing. Um, a few years back, I was uh, when I was pastoring at Res Church in Loveland, um, sometimes I would be in charge of the element of service of um, doing the ministry portion, prophetic ministry and that kind of stuff. And I, don't, I honestly don't even remember giving this word. I don't even know if it was a, a word of knowledge that I had or if someone else told me and I went up and gave it. But apparently I gave a word of knowledge about God wanting to heal someone's heart, physical heart. And so several years go by and um, it's like my last day. And there's a, like a reception for us in the foyer and there people are saying goodbye to us. This kid comes up to me, he's like 17 years old and he, he breaks down crying. He says, you don't know this because I never told you. But he's, <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you have a testimony, tell us, please. It, it is encouraging, you know. So he, he comes up to me and says, I was supposed to have a heart transplant. I needed, my heart was bad. I needed a heart transplant. You gave that word. I felt something different in my heart. Went back to the doctor and the doctor said, you no longer need a heart transplant. <clears throat> that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty cool miracle, you know. And I'm just like, why did you wait so long to tell me? This is really, really cool. So I've seen way too many miracles. God works miracles today through the gift of healing, through, through other gifts. I've experienced and seen and given prophecies that are way too accurate to be accidental. Right? They're way too accurate to be accidental. I've also missed it, too. By the way... In the gifts of the spirit, it's okay, like we mess up. I, don't, I certainly don't see healing for every person I pray for. I wish I could say that. I, I think maybe I would be prideful and get a big head if that was the case. God in his wisdom has distributed, you know, the gifts um, that he, we need a body of Christ. So we're growing in these gifts. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to fall forward. Usually when I give a prophetic word, I give it, I give it with some caution. Hey, here's what I feel like God is saying for you. Go pray about it. What do you think about this? I don't say, like, usually I don't say, this. saith the Lord, this is it, you know. Um, so we're growing in it. We want to grow in the spiritual gifts. Okay, so that's the second reason. I've seen too many miracles. I've experienced way too much accurate prophecy in my life. The third reason I don't believe that that interpretation holds water is because scripturally I don't believe it holds water. Okay, and here's why. The sensationists are correct that the gifts will pass away. The Bible is clear about that. Paul says that very clearly. What he's incorrect about is, what they are incorrect about is when. When will they pass away? You know when you won't need the gifts of the Spirit? In heaven. You won't need the gifts of the Spirit in heaven. You won't need the gift of healing in heaven because everyone is healed. All right? 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul says this, for now we see only in a reflection as in a mirror then we shall see face to face. This is many times how pro- how prophecy occurs. You, you have a, we see through a glass dimly. We see through a, as in a reflection, we have a picture, but not the full picture. We, we see, you know, so like, like like I mentioned the dream. I have a dream that my friend's house is on fire. I, I think that means his, you know, marriage is in trouble. I should call him. But I don't have the whole picture. I, and I didn't even have the answer for his marriage, Like, I think they went on to get counseling. It was just kind of a nudge to, you know, so you, you, want, you might not even have the whole picture for someone. Someone might have the word of knowledge God wants to heal something. The other person has the gift of healing to pray for that person, right? Because we're a body. Okay, so he says, For now we see as reflection in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. And Paul says this, Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. Now, if the sentence ended there, I would think there's a pretty good argument that maybe the gifts of the Spirit had passed away. But it doesn't end there. He says, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Okay? In other words, I know in part, now I know in part, but then I will know fully. In what way? In the same way that God knows me fully to the degree that God knows me through and through and knows me fully is the way I will know fully as well. Okay, let me ask you a question. How well does God know you? Fully. Fully. As Ben said at the beginning of the service, he knows the number of hairs on your head. For some of you, that's an easier number to count. (laughs) My dad's in the back. Anyway, Anyway. okay, how well does God know you? He knows you fully. He knows you through and through. Psalms chapter 139, verses one through four. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul. You understand every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. You know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. Okay? God knows you through and through. This is how well he knows you. Everything that can be known about you is known about you to God. Amen? <clears throat> so to the degree, this is, this is what the Bible says. This is what it's saying. We know in part now, but then we shall know as well as he knows us. That's what it's saying, okay? Additionally, I would say, I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, there's a lot that I still don't understand in this book. There's a lot of things I still don't understand. And I, I read the Bible a lot. I love the Bible. I love Scripture. I love that it's inspired by God. And I'll be the first to admit there's much I still don't understand about this book. There are some mysteries in this book, I don't know this book to the extent that God knows me, nor am I able to know this book to the extent that God knows me. Nor is anybody else. Even the greatest theologian in the world doesn't understand every mystery in scripture. I mean, have you ever read like the book of Revelation? Like there's some, I've heard a lot of people who I know what this verse means and another guy who's like, no, I know that it means this. They don't all agree, right? The body of Christ doesn't all agree. This is why there's different denominations because we've disagreed about different things, we, right? We don't have perfect understanding. Okay, furthermore, I would say this. If you're a cessationist, you're saying that Paul saw in a reflection, saw dimly, but you're saying you see face to face. Because Paul says, for now, we see th- dimly, but then we will see face to face. You're saying that your revelation of the scripture your revelation of the gospel is greater than Paul's. I don't think that. I think Paul, who was the greatest apostle, I think his revelation of Jesus is greater than mine. Okay, look at First uh, John chapter three, verses two. Uh, verse two, with me. He says, "This, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known." But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Okay? In other words, we know in part, but we will know fully when we see him face to face. We will have a clear understanding and a clear picture when we see him face to face. Your friends and relatives who've gone on to be with the Lord, who are saved, they have a better picture of this whole thing than we do. We are, we are working. This is why it's a faith walk. We're on a faith walk. You're, congratulations, you're on a faith walk. Right? You don't understand every mystery. You don't understand the tension between God's promises and and the breakthrough for those promises. There's, we live in this tension, don't we? Okay, we're on a faith walk. In heaven, it's not like that. In heaven, His will is done. His will is manifest. Everything is the way God wants it in heaven. Okay. <clears throat> so when we we will know fully when we see Him face to face, because we will be made like Him. Okay we will no longer see through glass dimly. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay. So we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. The Bible also says in Ephesians chapter four, there has been given apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists for the edifying, for the building up of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. Until, there's the word there, till, till we all come to the unity of faith, to the fullness of the the, the stature of of the man of God. In other words, till we come to completion, till we come to full unity in him. In other words, till we come to heaven, okay? These gifts and administrations of the Holy Spirit and the office of the Holy Spirit are in place until we go to be with Jesus while we're on earth. So good. I want you to discover what the gifts God has for you. All right? Now, Pastor Kurt... Why do I need to come to the spiritual gifts class? And I'll conclude with this. It'll be kind of a long conclusion, but I'll conclude with this. (laughs) Why do I need to come to the spiritual gifts class? I'm already saved. I'm already saved. Shouldn't I already be walking in the fullness of all my gifts? Not necessarily. Number one, Paul taught on this. Paul taught on the gifts of the Spirit. So if Paul taught on it to the, the believers in Corinth... How much more should we be teaching this, talking about this? So we need to discover the gifts of God that we have. We need to find out what they are, discover them for ourselves, and then we need to cultivate those gifts to learn how to walk in them. Receive, it's good to receive feedback too, right? Hey, how, how, pray for someone. How did, how did that person experience your ministry, right? Did they experience that in love or did they you know, experience something else? Not everyone I've ministered to had a good time, Right? <laughs> I've, I've missed a few where people walked away confused um, or maybe even wounded at times. So we want to grow in these gifts. Um, I think that I have an ability and a gift to teach, but I have grown in that ability to teach. Anyone who saw me teach 10 years ago will be able to tell you that I've gotten better at this, okay? All right, so we grow. Yeah, kind of the hearty man over here from JD. Come on, guys. Let's not make those amens too loud. <laughs> Let's focus again on my hair. That <laughs> I have hair. <laughs> okay. We need to discover our gifts. We need to cultivate them, grow in them. We need to be, you need to be encouraged in your gifts. I want you to have the gift of prophecy. Why? Because I want prophetic words. I want you to have the gift of healing. Why? Because sometimes I need healed. Amen? And by the way, you know, our, our daughter is is autistic, and sometimes people want to pray for our daughter. If you want to pray for our daughter, you can pray for our daughter. I don't care if you've been saved a week. If you feel like you're supposed to pray for her, we're like, yeah, go ahead, pray for her. Why? Because it would be just like God to take a brand new believer and anoint them to heal someone. Amen? So just because you've been saved a long time doesn't mean, you know, you you can't immediately be walking in these gifts. Okay, so the last reason why I think you should come to our spiritual gifts class is that in the New Testament, the typical way people received the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts is through impartation. This is the typical model we see in scripture. I didn't understand this for many years because when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was by my, actually was at home with my mom. No one prayed for me. I had never been taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I won't, I won't go into the whole story, but um, I do want to reference uh, a teaching that I did last year called During Our Free Indeed series. <clears throat> I did a teaching um, called The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this was from last year. So part six of Baptism of the Holy Spirit, I think it's on the screens. Go back and listen to that message if you didn't get to hear it by taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But my, what I believed for years was that um, I didn't realize that it, wasn't, it was not It was typical. My experience wasn't the typical experience. God, of course, can baptize someone in the Holy Spirit on their own at home, laying in bed, wherever. But typically, the model we see in Scripture is, the, is impartation through the laying on of hands. Okay, I'll show you this uh, here in just a second. Okay, let me give you a couple of Scriptures. There are many more Scriptures like this. I'm not like cherry-picking one Scripture out of you know, context in the Bible. There are many more Scriptures just like this in the Bible, Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 2, says this. While Apollos was at Corinth, he took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, so believers in Jesus. These are disciples. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you believed? The implication is it's possible to believe and not having received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, there's a work of the Holy Spirit that happens when a person places their faith and trust in Jesus. God does come and live in their hearts, but that doesn't mean they've been immersed, baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay? Watch this, verse uh, 2, or, yeah, verse 3. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied, Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. Okay, so these disciples, they believed they were saved. They were heaven bound, right? They had not been water baptized. They had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, verse 5. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in water. Okay, verse 6. When Paul placed his hands on them, The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 in all. Okay? Throughout Scripture in the New Testament, there are three baptisms. There's a baptism of repentance, coming to faith in Jesus. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and a baptism of immersion in water. Okay? There are more Scriptures on that. To get to heaven, all you need is that first baptism, to place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And God does come and live in your heart. But if we want to move on to maturity... There's these other two baptisms, the baptism of the Spirit and the baptism of, in water. If you've never been baptized in water, I want to encourage you to do that as soon as you can. <clears throat> and there are many more scriptures like that in the New Testament. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, verses 6, 6 and 7. He says this, I am writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of this uh, spiritual gift of God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Let me read that again. I am writing to encourage you to fan into flame, uh, fan into a flame, and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift of God imparted to you when I laid my hands on you. For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Okay. Primarily, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts are through the impartation of the body of Christ. God set it up that way in his wisdom so that I need you and you need me. Can he give them to you on your own? Of course he can give them to you on your own. He does it all the time. I'm just saying this is the typical model we see in scripture. Um, And I think that throughout our life, God continues to give gifts to us. I I think he continues to anoint us with gifts. Um, Again, um, I, I was a pastor at Res Church in Loveland for many years and they would have me do altar calls, get up and share the gospel. And I don't know why they kept asking me because I felt like I was terrible at it, and I didn't like it. I felt awkward getting up there, and there's lots of people. I felt like kind of like a used car salesman. I'm trying to get you to buy something, and I don't know if you really want it. You know, I'm like if, my mentality was like, if you want Jesus, just you know, give your life to him. But I didn't like it. I felt awkward. I felt nervous. And uh, how many know uh, Brother Howard Skinner? Awesome man of God who's, who comes here. I saw him the last two weeks. Didn't see him this week. But I came up to Howard before I was supposed to give an altar call one day. And I'm just nervous and felt awkward giving them. And um, I said, can you pray for me? I just need, I need boldness. I need the Holy Spirit to help me to give an altar call, to give altar calls. So he prays for me. And something immediately shifts in my heart. I went from feeling awkward and nervous up there giving the gospel to I love giving the gospel. This is the best message you can ever hear. You need to hear this. I don't care if you receive Jesus or not. You have to hear this message. I went to loving giving the gospel message. It shifted immediately right there. I think something, the gift of evangelism, the gift of boldness, something came on me. The Spirit of fear, whatever it was, broke off of me when he prayed for me. This is why, come on. This is why we need each other, church. We need each other to activate and encourage one another in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All right. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. We need to stir up the gift of God within us. How do we do that? By practicing, by being around other believers. Sometimes, you know, in, 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 the, um, in the Old Testament, when Saul went, and around, went around the prophets, it said that he would prophesy. Have you ever been around a group of people who are flowing in the prophetic and all of a sudden you start getting prophetic words but typically that's not you? That happens in the context of community sometimes. You start flowing in the gifts just by being around people who are flowing in that gift. It's amazing. So practicing, being around the other believers, flowing in those gifts, learning a gift, cultivating that gift, obviously intimacy with Jesus is paramount. But I want to encourage you to fan and to flame the gift of God within you. Many of you Uh, At one time in your life, the fire of God was raging in your heart. And for whatever reason, it's just kind of dimmed down to just a tiny little ember. And I want to encourage you to fan that gift into flame. We need that gift here in this church. We need you to walk in the fullness of your giftings. And not just here. We want to get Philip here and send you guys back out into your world, your community, to change it. Amen? Um, Go ahead and put up that picture, if you would. This is the east troublesome fire and what you, which thank God is, is it out? Is it, is it fire totally out? Not yet. Not yet. I think it's getting close to being out, but um, what you'll notice here is that there's a gap in the fire. Why? Because that line right there where there was no fire is the continental divide. I've been up there many times. There's no wood. There's nothing to burn up there. So how did the fire go from Grand Lake jump over to almost burning Estes Park to the ground. How did you do that? Those embers floated up over the Continental Divide, landed on the other side, and began to kindle a fire. Okay, that was a terrible thing. Now I'm using it in a positive context, okay? (laughs) The gift of God in your life, maybe it's like a small ember. Maybe it's like just barely burning. I wanna encourage you, fan that gift into flame, church, The reason why we come together and worship together is to fan the gifts of God into flame. We want you to go out of here to be filled full of the Holy Spirit and to change your world. So let's rekindle the revival fire in our lives. Amen? All right, why don't you stand on your feet and I'm gonna pray and Emily will close the service. Father, we love you. We thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord. You are the gift giver and they are grace gifts, Lord. They're not natural gifts. They're supernatural gifts, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us discover the gifts that we have, God, that you want to impart to us, Lord. The gift of prophecy, the gift of speaking tongues, the gift of word of knowledge, Lord, the gifts of healing, Lord, gifts of working miracles, Lord. God, I pray you'd help us to grow in those. God, help us to walk in love as we minister in those gifts. God, I just pray that it would just be a pleasing fragrance to you, that the body of Christ would be a pleasing fragrance to you, and that City Lights Church would indeed be a church that shines the light and love of Jesus everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.